0: The Madison School Board just made a big decision, Phil. They voted four to three. Very close. Narrowly approving a contract with the city that had been in limbo for months, if not years, over whether Madison schools would keep a single police officer
1: in each of the four main high schools. Yeah, it's a very controversial issue, lots of uh, protests and a lot of heat around this issue
0: and some very thoughtful yet forceful editorials from the Wisconsin State Journal. We have felt strongly that a single police officer in each high school is in the era of school shootings and bad behavior and violence in schools. We think having a police officer that relates to the kids and tries to help staff keep order, and safety is very appropriate. Not everybody
1: agrees. Not everyone agrees. But I was very happy to see the vote. And we'll talk about why we think that police officers are important in schools
0: on this week's episode of Center Stage with Milford and Hans, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page
1: editor for the State Journal. And I'm Phil Hans. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. And we are half of the State Journal editorial board. The better-looking half.
0: So we had an editorial in Thursday's paper, Phil. School board votes to keep students safe. And we credited the four school board members, Gloria Reyes, Mary Burke— Kate Taves and Chris Carusi for approving the contract. It's a three-year contract to keep an officer in each of the schools. They took out a provision that the police chief objected to. The school board had wanted to be able to veto individual officers from serving in specific schools. And the police chief said, no, I decide which officers go where. In fact, he said the union contracts require that. The school board did take that out of the contract. What they did add in, which uh, some on the city, like the police chief, isn't excited about but is accepting of, is that they might try in a future year, not this coming fall, not the fall of 2019, but maybe in the fall of 2020, Yeah, they might, if they give at least a year's notice and say why they're going to do it, they might remove an officer from one of the high schools to see if there is a difference in terms of how specifically black students are disciplined, cited, and arrested there's four high schools with one officer each, La Follette, West, East, and Memorial. And your kids go to La
1: Follette, and my kids will go to West in yep. a couple of years.
0: The officers have been there since the 90s. You have to apply as a police officer to do this job. According to Chief Koval, they get lots of applications. There are lots of officers who would, like, oh, would desi- like to work with it's kids. It's a desirable
1: beat. It is. But the reason that people have been critical of the police officers in schools is the, is the really dramatic disparities in how many African-American kids in particular are arrested and cited based on the population in the school district. So the numbers that people find so disturbing um, and the disparities that are disturbing to a lot of critics of the police, uh, police officers in schools is that despite the fact that the black people made up about 18 percent of the student body. Uh, 83% of the arrests are of black students, and 79% of the citations are for black students by the police officers. Does it say how many arrests and citations there are? Yeah. So there aren't that many. It there seems aren't. To that, me. No. So in the last school year, West had the fewest arrests of seven. Yeah. Uh, La Follette had the most arrests, which was 12. Um, East had the most citations, which was 42. There is definitely a pattern here. There's definitely, and, a p- and
0: the other thing we have to consider is how many kids are at the high schools, like 7,000. So very few kids are being cited and arrested when you when you think
1: of that. Of the 7,000 students in the district, there were you know 36 arrests this year. That doesn't seem like there's a Gestapo at the school. No, it doesn't. Um, but nonetheless, that is the statistic that they're citing. Yes. And that disparity on, on its face is, is troubling, right? I mean, it's, it's troubling if you have a minority of the students who are being arrested the majority of the time. Yes, I understand that. But
0: the question is, why is that happening? Is exactly. it because these officers are racist and they assume that these handful of black kids are bad, so they're going to go after them? I think that's the assumption of people that don't like the police in schools. The counter to that is that three of the officers are black men, and one of them is a Latina woman. Yeah. So generally you'd think they wouldn't be targeting people from their own culture who they understand, and you would think those would be the last people who would be racist. I suppose, on the other hand, you could say, well, if they're called to uh, certain situations by a largely white staff at the school, I mean, maybe you— Maybe you imply that that's where the racism is. But in our editorial today, we basically said we think, and we we kind of agreed with the uh, very impressive school police officer. They call them SROs, by the way. The school district has to have an acronym for everything. Yeah, so they're school resource
1: officers.
0: The school police officer at East. Zoma Franco. Very impressive person. We did an editorial on her um, last year. She's basically saying that a lot of these kids that are getting cited and arrested come from difficult situations,
1: yeah, outside of school. and we mentioned that our editorial is that is that you know we, we all know the racial disparities in our community in which lead to you know lower you know less access to to health care, including mental health care
0: housing. We had a gigantic series on the homeless population in Madison and found out that about 2,400 people are homeless on any given night in Madison. And the Madison School District counts 1,400 students who at some point during the school year do not have a stable place to live. That contributes to a lot of stress. It contributes to a lot of absenteeism. In some cases, it contributes to uh, bad behavior at school. And that's not saying that kids don't need to be responsible or that kids don't need to behave when they're at school so that everybody can learn, but it's still part of reality. And as the conservatives like to point out, a lot of low-income people don't have two-parent
1: families. Raising a kid by yourself is harder than raising a kid with two parents around. It sure is. I, yeah, I, I often wonder how people do it because yeah. I find raising kids with my wife to be difficult, as it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we see eye-to-eye on most yeah. issues, and it's still troubling. and It's still hard. I can't imagine doing it by myself. So yeah. But the but the good thing about this new contract is they did add in language specifically
0: to address this concern. So quarterly the police and school officials are going to meet, look at the arrest and citation data which are now also going to include who initiated the police interaction. Was it an officer deciding that he or she had to go and deal with the situation? Or was it school officials
1: calling the officer to a situation? I mean, that's something that we've talked about in Madison in general, is that there is this impression that the police are targeting African Americans for arrest. But what, as, as former police chief Noble Ray said, said to us, when the cops are called, they have to come. Yeah. So if a racist white person is suspicious of two black guys minding their own business and they call the cops on them, the cops have to have an interaction with the two men no matter what they've done.
0: I think the example Noble Ray used was if there's a sort of crowd of teenage boys on a corner in some neighborhood, and if they're white boys and somebody doesn't call the police because they're not suspicious about them, the police don't come. Yeah. If they're black boys and they're doing the same thing, but now somebody calls them... Now the police come. So to some degree, things are out of
1: the police officers' hands in terms of what they go to. It'll be interesting to see what what this new data says and how often the police officers are actually in the schools are actually the ones, um, you know, leading to the citation or the arrest.
0: Yeah. And it's true that Madison's school staff is predominantly white. Yes. Now, they've been trying to change that. Thanks to Act 10. That has helped. It has made it easier to hire minority candidates. Basically, uh, principals have more say over who they get to hire and when they get to hire.
1: What's actually kind of ironic is that our our school district has a pretty diverse student body. It has a much less— It's majority-minority. It has a much less diverse staff.
0: Almost 90% of the teachers are white
1: in Madison schools. But the the school resource ro- officers are all minority. Yeah, and they they are They're actually adding diversity to the schools. Adding culture, their role models.
0: I do want to give the district credit though. One place where Jennifer Cheatham really quickly made a difference in diversifying staff was where she had a lot of control to do that, which was in the administration. Yeah. I mean, she brought in a lot of principals, assistant principals who are not white. Yeah. It's not that Madison's white teachers are a bunch of racists. The thought is they don't necessarily understand the culture of black students. Or how to relate. In in a way that that the kids respond to. Yeah. And in a way that maybe a lot of these officers are able to respond to. So why else don't people want... Officers in schools, I think it's a minority of people. I think it's a very loud minority of people, some of whom are disrupting meetings and trying to shut school board meetings down. Here's a clip from a school board meeting last fall.
1: What side of history do you want to be on? Do you want to be on the side of morality, and justice or white supremacy? Right now, you're, you're looking towards the side of white supremacy, so keep that up if you want to, because we got something for you. And I don't want to hear nothing about strategic frameworks of black excellence. Strategically figure out how to take the police out of schools. Strategically figure out how to invest money into these kids instead of investing it into the police. And strategically figure out how to shift power to the people who are impacted by police violence. Figure that shit out and then we can have a conversation. Oh, I got time left. All right. No cops! No cops!
0: Well, they didn't get it, and I think that's a good thing. Madison loves a good protest and sometimes will cave to the loudest voices, but they did not in this case by a 4 3 vote. Yeah. Another concern that's been expressed is that even if the police are doing a good job, they still intimidate certain black students just by their presence. The institution of the police is intimidating to African Americans. That is the argument. That walking to school and seeing a police car out front makes certain young african-american students feel unwelcome at the school yeah because in their neighborhood the police are supposedly not trusted and you're supposed to avoid them that's what you do to survive okay that's the theory that's flown what's our rebuttal to that (laughs) i think our rebuttal to that is that if that's the case and I guess some people would know better than us, especially if you're from one of those neighborhoods. There's a lot of people in Madison who say they've been pulled over driving while black. that oh, it happens all the time. I certainly don't deny that there is some racism, whether it's intended or not, that does lead to some targeting of black people for really no other reason than they're black. But if you meet these officers, as I've met some of them, all of whom are minority, all of whom are on a mission to... Befriend the kids that are in trouble, and to show the kids that the police are there for help. So, if anything, I would think let's let's let these officers teach these kids that they don't need to fear every cop.
1: You know, and because in this society, they're not going to be able to avoid police officers. It's hard to be a functioning member of of our society if you are in perpetual fear of the law enforcement community. My great grandmother, who was who grew up in New York City in 1901. Was born in 1901. You know, as an immigrant child, was just petrified of the police. I mean, if you saw a police officer, you ran away as fast as you could. To the point where she got lost in New York City. You know, if she saw a cop in the corner, she didn't go up to the police officer and say, "Hey." I'm lost, yeah. take care of me. She ran away as fast as she could because the cops were there to arrest you. And my, my great-grandmother was a little white German girl. You know. Yeah. So it's not just a racial thing. All sorts of communities have various times have been scared of police officers.
0: And all sorts of times the police department has improved. Over the last 100 years, we've come a long way. And specifically in Madison, I think the Madison Police Department gets more training, has a more professional staff... Than
1: probably any other department in the country, or at least is on par. I think they. Tr- I think they worked very hard to try and recognize their implicit biases and work to overcome them.
0: And unlike the teaching staff at the schools, they they are much more diverse. Yeah. Another reason people say we don't need or want police officers in schools is that they criminalize student discipline. That there is a school to prison pipeline. Ah yes. Even though the arrests and citations skew heavily against African-American students, the number of citations and arrests is so small that I agree with Chief Koval's hunch, which is it's quite possible if the cops weren't there, more of these students would be arrested and cited. Why? Because school staff would call And you'd have an officer come in who doesn't know the students, doesn't know the situation, and is just going to react to what is physically going on. Yeah. His point is Madison is supposed to love community policing. Don't we love community policing where they're in the neighborhood and they know everybody and sort of like on Sesame Street, they wave to you and know your name? Well, And they help diffuse tensions before they lead to crimes. And that's what this is. This is community policing where the police are embedded in a community, a school community, get to know the kids. And if you talk to these cops, they work really hard
1: to try to win over the kid that says F you to them. You you care about these kids, but how hard, you know, how hard is it to live to to succeed in society if you're used to saying F you to cops on a regular basis? Yeah, that's not going to go over well. You know, it's just that's kind of leading you down a road of failure. One thing that Zoma
0: Franco told me, was there was a girl who was uh, getting into trouble and who she, at one point, had to handcuff. Mm. Well, she worked really hard getting to know that girl. That girl's now at UW-Milwaukee. She texts with the officer now. Really? And she said she wants she's going to school to be a detective. Wow. So we have at least one really inspiring example that we featured in the editorial. I'm sure there's cases where somebody could come back and say, "Hey, here's what happened to my kid and I don't think they did that with my kid." But I just think these officers, they're already they're going to add by the way in this contract more language on training to de-escalate situations and understand the psychology of students who aren't are of non-white culture and might uh, be from difficult situations, but they're already getting a lot of that training. Yeah. Another reason why they say we shouldn't have cops in school is because, well, they don't do any good. Look at what happened at Parkland, where all these kids got shot up. And meanwhile, the school officer
1: cowers outside. Yeah, setting up up a perimeter or something like that. He just got charged with dereliction of duty or something, didn't he? He did. And so they always point to that as, well, so they don't do any good,
0: so why do we even have them? Yeah. But we have examples, like our editorial
1: from a couple years ago, where an Antigo A police officer. I'm glad you said Antigo, Scott, because I can never say that name right. (laughs) It sounds like it should be Antigo. I mean, if it was cool, it would be Antigo. It's not
0: an antique. It's been around for a long time, but it's Antigo. And uh, a school officer there, there were two officers out in the parking lot. Prom was going on in the gymnasium. And a kid shows up, 18-year-old former student shows up on his bicycle with a rifle and starts shooting kids as they go into prom. He shot two kids, did not kill them, and one of these officers immediately responded and killed the shooter. In all likelihood, that officer, who was hailed as a hero— he, he probably saved— Stopped a slaughter. Yeah, he did. Stopped a so, mass shooting. So don't tell me these that it cannot work or yeah. that it's not worth it. And as we said in our editorial this morning, according to Education Week, in just this year, and by this year, I mean since
1: January. So not even like a full half year.
0: Yeah, 13 school shootings have occurred in the United States involving injury or death. Okay. I believe it was 18 injuries, some of them very serious, and two deaths. And, uh, you know, it's worth pointing out here that the vast majority of kids who go to a school to shoot up other kids, they are white boys or young men. Yeah.
1: So if we transition to now why do we need officers in school? To protect us from white men. And um, I'll tell you what, I think a lot of students and a lot of staff at school sort of recognize that. So I got there is, so so West High School uh, they, they, uh, one, of the, one guy sent a, a letter to the editor about it, citing this, this sort of survey they'd done at West, citing uh, some st- – they, they did this sort of informal survey of about 300 students and some staff. Um, but 75 percent of the people that took the survey you know, said, you know, we're either, yes, we want the officers in the school or it doesn't matter to me either way. You know, well, yeah. well, you know, a couple of people don't like. You know, there was there was some people that were very, you know, that said that the officers there to intimidate people was one of the one of the one of the statements. Um, some people were really unhappy with the idea that like these people have guns. They don't like the idea of any guns in school, even an officer has it. That was kind of a universe, That was mm-hmm. a pretty broad. Uh, criticism, but the vast majority of these responses were along the lines of, they keep us safe, they're here to build community, they're good people. We also did an editorial in April
0: uh, where we really highlighted a letter to the school superintendent and the school board, and it was from every school nurse signed it at the high schools. Oh, yeah. And the letter implored school leaders to keep school resource officers in each of the high schools. Quote, it is difficult to imagine doing our work without the support of our school police officers.
1: And one of the things, one of the things cited actually by a, by a, teacher, by a, by a staff member uh, in this survey from West actually was that the officers are trained with, for, for first aid. So they can actually respond to, a, to an injury in yeah. a way that a lot of staff aren't trained to respond to. It's not just the school nurses. We ran uh, a column
0: From the head of Madison Teachers, Inc., the teachers' union in the schools, they have strongly favored keeping the school resource officers. The teachers want these officers in the school. The school committee that looked into whether we should keep the officers or not, curiously enough, they did not do a survey of parents, of teachers, of community members, of students, and the reason they didn't do it, I suspect, is they didn't want to know that most people want to keep the officers. What they did, and I respect this, they did focus groups. Nonetheless, I think if if the school board in the future, not this coming school year but the following school year, if they're going to pull that option of, hey, let's try one high school without an officer and see what happens, they had to make sure they to talk to
1: all the parents there first.
0: Yeah, I think you should at least do an honest survey
1: where people can respond and say what they think. One of my favorite responses in the survey was from a student who did not like the police officers in the school, and they, the the actual written response was: "Officers should be should serve as a resource to students, but the system perpetuates the school to prison pipeline in general. But that being said, our officers seem to be respectful and serve as a resource." <laughs> Yeah, That's the
0: old, uh, Congress is terrible, but my congressman is great. Yeah, yeah. I was happy that they didn't make the police officers take their uniforms off. Back in the day of uh, Ben Mazel noted local marijuana advocate, rest in peace, Ben. He ran for county sheriff, and he wanted to change the deputy sheriff's uniforms. His motto for his race as sheriff um, was Sheriff with a Heart. Sheriff with a Heart. His platform was that all sure sheriffs... sure wasn't Sheriff with the bong. <laughs> His platform was that all sheriffs would wear pink uniforms, their badges would be shaped in the shape of a heart, and they would carry Nerf batons. Maybe he the, didn't win. He didn't...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that too loud. You might give the school board some new ideas uh, for how to change the yeah. officer's uniform.
0: All right. I don't know. Is that appropriate to use at the end? Or? I think so. That's, that's kind of funny.
1: Yeah, that's, that's
0: kind of funny. All of the music on our podcast is by Tube Tester. Find and follow Center Stage with Milford and Hands on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcasting app. And to see past episodes, go to go.madison.com slash centerstage.